What's up, guys? Welcome to the first episode of the Head Roll Podcast. Um, first off, I just want to give a thank you to anyone listening right now. Um, thank you for the support. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, the Called to Act podcast. Um, great podcast. If you haven't heard it, go check it out. Um, good friend, good supporter. Um, go check out his podcast. Give it some love because um, you gotta you gotta support your friends and uh, so other podcasts that are like yours. So just want to give him a quick shout out real quick. I also want to thank you for our listeners. If you're listening right now, it means I probably bugged you into listening to this podcast, but I just want to thank you. Um, this podcast has been a brainchild of mine for a while, something that I've just kind of really had on my heart to do for a long time now. Um, finally got the, uh, the courage to do it, but this is pretty much just me uh, talking about what's on my mind, um, trying to convey the thoughts I have into a, a uniform sentence. Um, sometimes hard for me to do. You're probably going to hear me say um about 50 times this first podcast, but until I kind of get in the the uh, flow of things, it's, it's going to be rough for our first couple episodes, so I just want to thank you for listening. As you've already told, or could probably tell, um, the name of this episode is called Not Yours. Um, I just want to start off with a quick story about a couple weeks ago, maybe. Um, yeah, April, last the last Wednesday in April, I attended a, a rhythm night at Elevation Church in uh, Charlotte. And um, the, the, the speaker was Rebecca Somers. She's an awesome pastor. Go check her stuff out. Um, but the title of her lesson or her sermon that night was Not Yours. And basically, her points were, um, the first thing she kind of said was, who does worship belong to? And that's kind of something I want to dive into really quickly. Is A lot of time as worship leaders, worship pastors, or even like regular pastors, I, I can understand it's it's kind of easy for us to try to take the glory away from that. Um, all worship is, is us trying to glorify God. Um, it's a time for us to put our hearts on our sleeve and really thank God and, and cry out to God. Um, in the Psalms, David does it tons and tons of times, even to the point where he doesn't care what other people think. He's out in the street, um, butt naked, you know, ripping up his clothes. Um, calling to God. Um, and that right there is a true heart of a worshiper because he really doesn't care what other people think. He's not doing this to glorify himself. He's doing this to glorify God. And that's one of the things you got to, when you're in that position of leader, worship leader, worship pastor, you kind of have to think, am I doing this to make myself feel good, to make me feel glorified, or am I doing this to glorify God? I know that um, as a worship leader in my church for our youth worship team, um, I've had times where I've kind of had to step back from the spotlight, so to say. Um, I've had times where I've kind of, okay, God, I feel like this is about me more than it should be. That this shouldn't be me about at all. This should be about you and what you're doing in our youth and in our church, Lord. And that's kind of one of the things I've had to deal with is getting my own selfish pride and want to be worshipped out of the way. Um, I know as as a lot of 
I've had the privilege to meeting and and playing and just fellowshipping with a bunch of good musicians at uh, Camp Electric and other places. And I know it's so easy sometimes to just get in that rush. There's just a rush when you when you're a musician. There's a rush of that that stage and the presence and you just get overwhelmed with all that and it's so easy to think about all these people are here to see me but the difference between you know christian music pop music the difference between christian music and the difference of that versus it country music pop music hip-hop all that stuff is that hip-hop country music they're all there to see you okay and Christian music, they're all there to see what God has done through you. They're not there for you. I mean, some might be, but in reality, they're not there to see you. They're there to see God and give God glory for what you've done through him. And that's kind of something you've got to separate yourself from as a worship leader is, am I in a place where I'm wanting myself to be praised? Am I kind of showing off, so to say? Or am I really here to give God the glory? And that's something I've struggled with personally. Um, I know last year, really badly, I kind of got an ego in my head where I was this huge guy in the church and nothing could, you know, come against me. And I had to take a step back and say, Caleb, what I'm doing is not right. What I'm doing is taking away the glory where it should all be given to God. I shouldn't even receive the smallest bit because I am just a messenger. I'm just what God's given to me I'm trying to give to other people. And that's something you got to you got to think about. Um a circumstance in the Bible where that's relevant is um the story of Hillel. Um Hillel was one of God's most beautiful angels. Is in he was an angel of worship basically. His body was made out of instruments and most it describes it as like the most beautiful gems you've ever seen in these musical instruments. I can't remember what the instruments are called, but um, you can definitely search that up. But he was, I mean, one of the most perfect angels that God created. He was beautiful, um, and he was created basically to be over the worship. So in heaven, we're all worshiping all day long, and these angels are up there worshiping all the time, and Hillel was kind of the leader for the worship. You know, he's the worship leader, you know, and um, he kind of got a got it into his head that, hey, you know, God's great and all, but I'm pretty good myself, and um, maybe I'm better than God. And then he basically tried to get them to worship him. He tried to get them to worship him, and he started to want the worship from himself, and he got kind of egotistical in that, hey, I deserve some worship too. Look at me. I'm this great being with um, all these instruments built into my body. And that's a, that's a story for another day. Um, I just want to dive in that for just a couple seconds. But the angels we think about are absolutely different from the way the Bible describes angels. I mean, you can understand why people, why the angels' first words to people were, do not be afraid. Because if you search up on Google, biblically accurate angels, they are absolutely terrifying. But I just wanted to talk about that for a second. But I'm going to go back into what I was talking about, about Hillel and how he wanted the worship from himself. And God saw what he was doing and 
Hillel tried to rise up against God, but, you know, God being the great and powerful one that he is, cast Hillel um, out of heaven, and along with him went a third of the angels. Um, if you, I, I hope you've kind of pieced it together right now, but Hillel is Lucifer. Hillel is Satan. Okay, so Hillel was his name before his name was Satan, really. Um, but he... And I feel like that's something the devil tries to put in our heads is that, man, I'm having hard drum. I told you this episode would be rough, but he just, he wanted the worship for himself and he wanted it so bad he didn't care what happened to him. And he got cast out of heaven. And he, he took a third of the angels with him. Is that not crazy? That God could create something and that someone else could take that and make it bad. This is not my intended message, but I just want to point out what what God can make for good, other people can make for evil. But you gotta remember the way God intended it. So you gotta remember what did God really say? One of one of Satan's uh, attacks in our life is: Did God really say that? Does the Bible really say that that you shouldn't be glorified, that you should give all your worship to Him? Does the Does the Bible really say that? Um, I've struggled with that in the past. Does Does the Bible really say that? Let's say this just this random thing, for instance. Does the Bible really say that we shouldn't uh, drink? Or, or smoke marijuana? Does the Bible really say that aborting children is terrible? Does the Bible really say that um, you shouldn't you know, smoke or vape or all that stuff? Satan tries to get in our heads and, and distract from what we know God has said. You've got to remember what God really said. Another thing Satan tries to tell us is that we don't need God. That's, that's, let's, let's, Say that again in your own head. The devil will try to tell you that you don't need God. We all know as Christians that we need God. I mean, it says that it's better for a person to never know God than it is for him to know him and reject him. It is, it is better for someone to never know God, to never even hear of God, than it is for someone to reject him. Isn't that crazy? God, God's trying to do something to you. God's trying to use you for his plan. And we got to realize at some point, whether we want it to or not, God will use us in some way or form. Um, even in your worst days, even when you feel terrible like the world is coming down, God is still using you in that very moment. I know that um, I said, talking about this uh, this lesson that Rebecca Somers brought at the uh, rhythm night, that was the night that I gave my life back to God. Before that, I'd really just kind of been stagnant in my faith. I've, I wasn't, you know, as bad as I once was, but I wasn't as good as I was when I first really came to Christ. I had gone through a brief 
old me would be ashamed to admit this, but for a while there, and I'm not saying that I'm still not that I'm not tempted anymore, but um, for a while there, I was addicted to, and this is really hard to say, but I was addicted to pornography, and that was something that the devil tried to use to keep me from moving forward. Was do you really think someone who was addicted to pornography should be a preacher? You know, that idea that just because we did this sin that we can't be something greater than um, that sin, that that sin defines us as a person. That's another thing the devil tries to use is your past decisions to God, that doesn't affect what he's going to do with you. And the Bible says that he takes what the enemy meant for evil and will use it for good. That Someday this struggle that I've been going through since middle school, the struggle of pornography and lust and this sexual temptation, that God's going to use that for good in the future. I, I went through that, and I, this is another thing I'm ashamed to admit, but I, I, I never got drunk, but I tried alcohol, and it was something that I'll never do again, but I just got to this place where I was, I was dipping, I was drinking, I was, um, you know, taking part in pornography and cussing, and I was in a place where I felt terrible, like I felt the world was against me. And everyone that I once gone to for help, I feel like felt like nobody would help me, and that this was the only way. And uh, I I kind of got over that, where I stopped doing some of that stuff. I still was struggling with pornography. Um, I stopped drinking. I stopped dipping. I still was cussing a little bit, but I got to a point where I was like, I don't really know if God can use me anymore. And I don't really know what I'm supposed to do now. So I just kind of kept on with what I was doing. I was still leading worship in our youth, which something crazy that I was I was a leader in our church, and I still was struggling with this stuff. But uh, I was doing that, and then I was also, you know, I was I'm saying it, love life, love life, and a pro life, not a pro life rally, a, a prayer walk to pray on behalf of the unborn. And uh, I I led worship there, and I I volunteered there for a while. But I still was in this place of, of sinful temptation and um, just feeling stagnant in my faith. And I kind of got to a point where I was like, God, I, I don't know. I don't know. Before then, I really felt like I was being called to be a pastor, but at this point, I just didn't know what God had in store anymore. But after that, I had gone before, about two months before, to a rhythm night. I enjoyed it. I came back home, and I was still doing the things I knew I shouldn't. But um, I, I, at this point, I really didn't want to go to rhythm night. I was really not feeling it. Um, I really, I, it was a last-second choice where I just kind of felt like I need to be there. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know what it was. Something told me to go, so I went. And uh, that was the night that the spirit was just there. And I can gladly say that um, God has freed me from that stuff. That, yes, I may be still tempted to do it, but it doesn't have a hold on me like it did. Praise the Lord. But 
that night there's just something about the experience if you ever have a chance to go please go um but uh her sermon the songs over and over by elevation rhythm and then they played the song do it again and this is a song that i'd sung recently at the prayer walk and i don't know why but something in that song just broke me down it was the part that said your promise still stands that the promise god gave to me as a child that i was to be a preacher and that i was to go out and share the word of god that promise he gave to me even though i drank i dipped i cussed i i dealt in sexual temptation that even through all that that promise still stood and I just started crying and crying. And if you know me, you know I'm not a big crier. Like, I don't cry a lot. I don't get nervous a lot. I don't cry. I, I'm pretty a go-with-the-flow kind of guy. But I just started weeping and weeping. And something inside of me that night changed for the better. And I'm so glad to say that I'm not the man I was. I'm not. The man sitting here recording this podcast is not the same man that was walking into that church the thing about Hillel or Lucifer or Satan or whatever you want to call him was that his body physically was not meant to carry the glory that's another thing with us our bodies are physically, emotionally, mentally not designed to carry glory. We were made to give glory. You look at all these these famous people that have it all, and you see as they go from having nothing to everyone, you know, kind of wanting to be like them and basically worshiping them, that something just clicks and something changes in them. And you see that they're really not the same. Like, you look at Robin Williams, God rest his soul, but you look at that and how, you know, he was such a, a laughable, happy person, and then something just clicked, and he, he killed himself. But you look at that, and you look at a bunch of instances like that. We are not made to carry glory. There's a part where we just can't take it anymore, you know? The things that used to fulfill us don't fulfill us. The things that used to, you know, give us emotions don't give us emotions anymore. We're just indifferent. And, you know, I mean, look at look at this recent stuff with um, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. I mean, you get to a point where you're famous and something just snaps and you go crazy and crap in somebody's bed. You know, <laughs> in all seriousness, no, um, we we're made to give glory. And you got to think, um, it's easy to be, I'm here standing on the stage because I'm the best. It's not that. It's, I'm here standing on this stage because God let me up here on this stage. I am the only reason I'm able to do this, parentheses, whatever it is that you are able to do, is because of God. Write that down. If you, I don't care what you're doing right now. If you're driving, please don't write something down while you're driving, pull over, type it in your phone, and then keep driving. But um, 
the only reason I'm able to do this parentheses, whatever you're able to do, whatever you're serving, your position in your church, your your worship team, whatever it is, is because of God. It is it is so hard to to worship God all the time, and this is something that I've I've, I've been trying to do recently. Is no matter where I am, if I'm at work, if I'm you know in the car, if always be worshiping. Now is when you give Him worship, not tomorrow, not when I get home, not when I go to church on Sunday. Now is when you give Him worship. That's that's something the Bible says: pray without ceasing, and um, prayer is kind of like worship in a way that. It's a communication with God. Um, we should always be worshiping Him. He is, I mean, in heaven, that's what we'll be doing, always worshiping Him. But He is worthy of this worship that we're giving Him, and we He should receive it constantly. It shouldn't matter what we're doing. He should, he should be right there being worshiped by us. Um, that's another thing I want you to write down. Now is when you give Him worship. So I'm going to read you a Bible verse real quick, if I can pull it up. It's 1 Chronicles 16, 23. It says, Sing to the Lord, all the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Day after day. Not just on Sunday mornings when you go to worship. or Maybe on Wednesday nights, day after day after day, over and over and over again. Um, the song that I've just had on my heart for the longest time now since that night um, is called Over and Over, and it's by Elevation Rhythm. If you give me a second, I'll pull up the lyric. Um, but it, it's it's talking about our worship, how we should worship God, and it's it's such a good song. If you get a second, please, please listen to this song. But the the lyrics goes, "No, I could never grow tired of telling you you're worthy. There's so many ways I could sing of your glory. No, I will never get tired of telling you you're worthy, over and over again." Singing holy, holy to my one and only, who is like our God. Let our hearts adore you as we bow before you. There is no one like our God. And then there's a part where it's just that 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 chorus. I can never go tired of telling you you're worthy. That's something that I've had embedded in my heart for the past few weeks, and it's just something that as Christians we need to grow to do. Never growing tired of telling God. You're awesome, and when's the last time you told God you love him? That's something that we should be telling God every day. We should wake up and say, I love you, God. Thank you for another day, another opportunity to give you worship. We should. This is something that I've been trying to do, incorporate into my routine, is when I wake up first thing in the morning, not going for my phone, checking Snapchat, checking Instagram, checking Facebook, I wake up and I, I say a prayer. I say, God, thank you for letting me see another day. God, 
please let me use this day to change somebody's life. Please let me use this day to to worship you. And uh, this is just something you gotta you gotta you gotta understand. You need to say this to God. I need you right now. Not not in thirty minutes. Not in an hour. Not not whenever I'm in the middle of something bad. I need you right now. We we kind of get this idea that worship is only for the mountaintops, but it's just as much for the mountaintops as it is for the valleys. If you're not giving God glory in the valleys, what makes you think he, he's going to move you to the mountaintops? God won't move you to the mountaintops until you're ready to serve him and worship him in the valleys. You've got to be able to, to thank God when you're at your lowest. You've got to be able to get on your hands and knees and say, thank you, Lord, for everything I have in my life when your life is crumbling to the ground. The worship is not just for the mountaintops. Guys, this is pretty much the end of the first podcast. I want to thank you all for listening, and I hope that my message wasn't too bad and too hard to follow. Um, I want to say thank you to, again, the Call to Act podcast. Please check that out on Anchor and Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can find this podcast on most podcast streaming platforms. Um, I mean, if you're already watching it right now, you know where to go. But um, I'm super excited to announce that our next episode won't be airing next Friday, but it'll be airing, uh, I believe, the week after or as soon as possible. Um, Dustin Wilson, the leader, uh, the, the director of Love Life Greensboro, will be joining me on the podcast in a Interview will be a two-parter. Um, it'll be two 30-minute episodes. Uh, they'll come out week after week. And uh, I can't wait to uh, pick his brain. Um, you know, hopefully he brings a good word for us and a good testimony. I'm super excited for him. And we got a, a few more guests coming. Super excited for that, too. And y'all just keep an open ear. Um, you can like us on Instagram and TikTok. Um, please check us out there. Your support is greatly needed here, as it is completely just me right now sitting in a closet. Hopefully, I get to move it to a more open studio for Dustin, but um, I'm sitting in my closet right now because it's the quietest place in this house. But I really hope to grow. I know that God will, if God is in this, he'll grow it. And I, I hope for your prayers as I go through this journey. I want to thank you for everyone who supported me along the way. Um, and I want to thank you for, I don't even know if they're listening. I know they have a podcast, but Tim Somers, Rebecca Somers, thank you for everything that you do. You've completely changed my life for the better. And I hope to one day, you know, impact people in the way that you impacted me. But guys, thank you. This has been the first episode of the Head Roar Podcast. Have a great day.